Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Yeah, buddy. Dude, here we are. It's the 30-something movie podcast. It is. It's, um... I I don't want to start with, like, it's been a day, because I kind of feel like a lot of our episodes start with, dude, it's been a day. But it fits. It fits with what we're going to... Yes. One one bad day. One bad day is all it takes, man. Mm -hmm. One day. Mm -hmm. This isn't even like the time I accidentally unplugged the Wi-Fi in my classroom. Back when we had the pods that were the Wi-Fi... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I unplugged it. I wasn't sure it. what it was. I had to plug in something else, and then I was like, I didn't have the computer, and I was walking around, and the internet was down, and <laughs> I couldn't tech help, so I went to the mm-hmm. office, and they're like, I think internet works, and yeah, tech help fine. came down, and I, yeah. it's you, not even that kind of a You had unplugged it. No. I had unplugged, I had unplugged the internet. No. <laughs> unplugged the entire internet. Yep, go on. Um, so, uh, it, and actually, when we, when we worded it that way, because a lot of people tend to word the, the killing joke story that way. It's like yes. it's a one bad day kind of thing. Made me think of, and I don't know why this popped into my head all of a sudden, made me think of the George Clooney Michelle Pfeiffer movie, One Fine Day. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Like she's a sing, I think she's like a single mom, and he's, I don't know if they, I, I'm trying to remember it, like they work together or they, something, they, over the course of a day, like she's trying to, you know, get her kids to school and go to work and she's got a presentation to give and you know the the models that she has to present I think she might be an architect or something like that they get trashed and so she's got to get them redone and her kids need something at school and I think one of them gets sick and and somehow over the course of this day and everything goes wrong um, she keeps like bumping into George Clooney okay and so and it's kind of like a romantic comedy kind of thing and it and I kept thinking about it like you know what what if you mixed killing joke with one fine day and made it one bad day. And like at the end of that, Michelle Pfeiffer becomes the Joker. That would be awesome. Instead of Catwoman. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'd be okay. I'd be okay. Uh, how are you doing? First of all, this is Pat. Hey! Yay! Uh, <laughs> I, um, I'm fine, man. Yeah. I'm fine. You know, I'm excited to be back. And this Fam- school, Family's good? Family's doing really good. well. Good. And checking things off the list. It mm-hmm. has been a pretty busy turnaround. In the last week, there's been like two. Perf- there's You've had a lot of band stuff going on. There's a ton of stuff. For those of you just tuning in for the very first time, Pat is the band director at our. Uh, so, but at a lot our, of good at stuff. our middle school. But mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. So, like, we had a jazz concert last Wednesday. We had contests nice. this past Friday. All of that involves leaving the school and field trips and buses and buses. all that. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow morning is the sixth grade trip, and that'll be good to check that off the list. And then. Is this the Little People Band Festival? This is the Little People Band Festival. I'm smiling because I just love the name of it. I know, and I think the gentleman that started it, it's an awesome band festival mm-hmm. and just, it's great, but the gentleman that started it was like, we need to have, I think his take on it would be, we need to have something for the little people. Mm-hmm. And Not like the way I'm thinking of little people. Exactly, like, like, but, <laughs> but it's right around St. Patty's Day, so, right. you know. But it's but he was a, he's a wonderful gentleman um, by the name of Art Hildebrand, and he started this, 
17 years ago. So okay. I, when I started here, that was one of my first band events was taking mm-hmm. the band to this thing. And right. it's a really cool festival for the kids. Anyways, I, he had a wonderful sense of humor, but um, I don't know if it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek. Did anybody ever point out the... No. Humor of the name to him? No, I, I think because either it was just like, well, we need something for the little people, or right. it would be like that was the sense of humor and it was applied and you're never quite sure mm-hmm. if he meant it for it to be a joke mm-hmm. or not. So anyways, it's just good fun. Okay. But anyways, it's a fun festival. And nice. And all that. There we go. All right. Um, and I am John Reed, so got your two, uh, two hosts this time. Uh, Jeff, Jeff couldn't join us. He's actually... Well, like a hundred feet away. He's hundred feet away. Directing the school musical. play. Yeah. So uh, doing a musical. Where they did Alice in awesome. Wonderland. Alice in is Wonderland is the one they're doing. Okay. Boy, he just so. does a fantastic job with those shows. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. he just does a fantastic job with those shows. Mm-hmm. So good on you, Jeff. So so there you go, Jeff. So Jeff will be listening to this later, I'm sure. But uh, he he was uh, he was a little disappointed he couldn't join in because he he does love the comic books as well. So. Yeah. Odd that I'm here for the comic book discussion. Yeah. But exciting. Yeah. Well, and you've read these comics. So I know have. There's, there's a lot of the comics that sometimes you haven't read, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are two that I have. Um, so why don't we... I don't, I don't know if there's any new movie news. Has anything come out lately that you saw that... No. Nothing. I can't think of anything. Nothing. I I heard you guys talking about the Paddington... Not Paddington Bear. Um, oh, the Winnie the Pooh. The Winnie the Pooh. Christopher Robin one. Yeah, yeah. that looks mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mary Poppins thing we're excited for. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's it's all good. Yeah. No movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, Tammy um, finally got around to watching Stranger Things with me. Oh, did she? Is she, she won, both she, seasons? No, we're, uh, we have two episodes left of the first season. Okay, and okay. the first two episodes freaked her out. I'm like, let's try it. Let's just keep watching. So we watch, and she's just like, wow. And then it would end on the cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and I'd say, do you want me to stop? And she goes, yeah. I need to go to bed. Stop. And then I wouldn't hit the pause soon enough. Mm-hmm. And then certain enough, the next, okay, fine, we're not stopping now. And she's, I said, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so that's been fun. Well, that's what Sharon and I do. We start watching. So, so thanks to Netflix for having that thing where it, you know, yeah. immediately cycles sure. into the next. And you can, you can turn that off. But yeah, but, yeah. Who wants to? Yeah. Um, but we do that too. It's like starts to cycle through the next episode. Well, the one episode ends, and whatever we're watching, and it like usually ends on some kind of a cliffhanger. We just kind of look at each other. We're just like really tired. Mm-hmm. What is it like? Ten o'clock. Should probably go to bed. Got to get up early in the morning. Get the kids on the bus. Well, we can't leave it there. No, can't leave it. Oh, look, it's already gone into the next episode. All right. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, too, I guess we're here for another 43 yeah. minutes then. Uh, so, <clears throat> there you go. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not a TV show podcast. No, we're not. But uh, a show that Sharon and I really like, and it's it's the subject matter is near and dear to my heart, is uh, some time travel stuff. Have you seen the TV show Timeless? Mm-mm. I think it's on NBC. Okay. Maybe. Uh, it's in its, I believe, second season. Okay. And originally... Originally, I don't even know that they were sure that they were going to finish their first season, because I, I don't think it got really great ratings as it started off, um, but we really like it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a show, to me, I've always kept thinking, you know, I would love to see somebody do like a Quantum Leap reboot. Yeah. Like, do Quantum Leap again, but do a modern version of Quantum Leap. And the more I've thought about this show, I'm like, you know what, I think this show is the modern version of what they would do with Quantum Leap. Okay. Because I look at Quantum Leap and I'm like, you know what, I, thinking about the sensibilities of you know what we want to to be more inclusive and to include mm-hmm. things in our TV shows and all that, um, you know, instead of there being two white guys, you know, for for lack of better terminology, two white guys jumping through time and solving right. things, right? You know, this is a team of people, team of scientists 
who are, um, you know, you have one who's African-American, you have one man, you have one woman. Um, there is, uh, I believe she's Indian, uh, one scientist that's Indian. So you have a, a larger demographic of people. And the idea being that there are these time machines that were created, and the time machine that was created was stolen by a guy who you originally he's termed a terrorist. Okay. And his plan is to go back through time and disrupt U.S. history. Okay. And so they have the prototype time machine that they use to then jump back through time and stop him, like try okay. to keep him from doing what he's doing to mess things up. So I kind of feel like, because in Quantum Leap, you never really had an antagonist. Mm -hmm. It was always, I'm just going to fix things. I'm going to put right what once went wrong, Now is as, as the story goes. This show that you're describing, this is Timeless? Yeah. Or this is, okay. This is yeah. the show Timeless, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. So, and that's kind of, when I when I used to think, like, if I was going to... If I was going to sit down, I, I pulled a dentist, and I'm like, if I could sit down and write my own Quantum Leap show, because yeah. I love Quantum Leap, um, if I could write my own show, what would it look like? And I started to like think about, okay, well, I'd probably make it look like this. I'd update this stuff for, for 2018 versus you know, the way Quantum Leap was in the 90s, and, and you know, just restrictions that they might have had and all that. And then the more we've watched this show, I'm like, you know what? This, this show basically is... The new Quantum Leap. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the writers of the show was like, if they came out in an interview and said, yeah, actually, we were trying to write a Quantum Leap show, and it just kind of turned into this. That would be the show. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. So I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's what they did, but it wouldn't surprise me awesome. at all. Because right. I always feel like Quantum Leap did a good job of, it, it being an American show, doing a good job of showing important points in American history. Okay. You know, you had, like, in one of the earliest episodes, you had the guy who was the boxer. He was kind of like a Rocky-type character. You had baseball players. You had the, kind of like the Driving Miss Daisy episode where it showed civil rights issues. And I, So it was a lot of the points within American history. You had, like, JFK assassination and stuff like that. And, and so I kind of feel like this show does the same thing. Mm -hmm. it's, when I think back to Quantum Leap, I think feel like Quantum Leap... Quantum Leap might have done more to teach me about American history than my social studies teachers did yeah. back in the day. Cool. Um, and I kind of feel like this show does the same thing. Awesome. Like, they'll always have, they'll jump back in time, and, like, one of the very first uh, episodes was the Hindenburg. You know, and they were you know, talking all about the history of that and how some of that history changed and because of things that they did. And, and last night's episode, they ran into uh, uh, Madame Curie. Yeah, okay. because they needed, a, like, an X-ray machine, and she had one of the first X-ray machines at the... <clears throat> on the Western Front in World War One, and so I, I, to me, it's just kind of like this is a, this is a bit of a, a remake of of Quantum Leap, but done for modern day. Cool, stuff like that. And there's there's a little bit more of a there is an antagonist involved, so it's not just like jumping back through time and yeah. fixing things. It's there's actually someone actively trying to mess up interesting history. So all right, man. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting show. So cool. if you if you guys haven't given it a chance, it might be one worth seeing. If you because yeah. I know you like Quantum Leap and yeah shows like that. So definitely. and you like the history. So I'm a fan I think you might like this show. So I don't know too many of the actors that are in this show. I, I can't say that I've seen them in other places a lot, um, but I do know the terrorist. The terrorist because um, you you find out that he might not be exactly what he seems mm -hmm. at the, at, from the beginning of the show until yeah, now. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah. Um, he was one of the doctors in ER. I don't know if you ever watched ER. I did. He was Luca. Yeah, the okay, doctor. Luca, yep. yeah. Um, and then the the main, one of the main guys who's on the time machine trying to fix things, 
Uh, he's like a former marine type. He's like the military type guy that goes with him to protect the the scientist and the and the engineer guy, um, or the historian and the engineer. And uh, he was the voice of Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, cool! So All right. I don't know that I've seen him in like live in person, but yeah, I'm trying to hear He's the voice of Anakin. Voice, but yeah, cool. From the Clone Wars, so yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, so no, it's it's been a good show. We like it. So it came back last night for its second season. So I hope it gets many, many more seasons. All right. Well, actually, you know what? Part of our new movie news is going to get blended into what we're talking about today because we are not talking movies today. Mm-mm. I, I will, I'll talk a tiny bit about a couple of different movies. Only because there is a new movie version that came out last year. Yeah. Is it two years ago now? Last year? It might have been last year. Um, of The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. So those are the things. Those are the ones we're going to talk about today. Uh, Batman Comics from 1988. Right. That is our year. And the two comics we're talking about are Batman The Killing Joke and Batman A Death in the Family, which technically most of that took place in 1989, but it started in December of 1988, so... Mm-hmm. We'll talk it about it. It counts. Um, and what's funny about these two stories is they are very much, very Joker-centric. Mm-hmm. They involve devastating things being done to the Batman family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like they're very, very different portrayals of the Joker and like what kind of character he's supposed to be and how far he will take things. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting... And they reference each other, too, which is going to get mm-hmm. into my na- lack of knowledge with comics but they there was i started reading one and then i could tell because they had a different vibe to it Mm -hmm. different artwork but then the one that i thought would have been more modern was actually referenced Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah yeah uh so real quick we'll just uh i'm I'm gonna run through just a quick overview of the killing joke and again if you haven't read either of these comics totally recommend going to read them um i will say that um give a, a a quick disclaimer and say the killing joke is very intense. Like, the killing joke... I mean, I feel death in the family is... Bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the killing joke is... There's, like... I don't know. Psychological torment on a whole other level. Yeah. It's probably one of the more intense Joker stories. Um, because of what happens. Because of what Joker does in it. Mm-hmm. Like as an example, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll I'll jump in and just say this right now. So are you already saying that, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled, stop yeah, we stop here. This yeah, stop yeah. here. Um I will say that if my son wanted to read either of these, I would probably allow him to read A Death in the Family. Okay. I would not allow him to read The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Which actually came up the other day because I had I had checked out I don't own the Killing Joke I uh, checked it out from the library and it was in a stack of books that I had gotten from the library was sitting on the dining table and I'm making breakfast the other day and all of a sudden he goes wow this is a really good comic and I'm like well which one are you looking at he's like I don't know it's this Joker one where he's got a camera on the front I'm like, nope put it down <laughs> put it down not reading that one um, and I'll preface this by saying my son is ten you know right. if my son was a little bit older then. Different story, but, you know, he's, he's 10, so I don't know the killing joke is appropriate for a 10-year-old. Yeah. You want to process um, it. Right. Yeah. Right. So so just be aware of that. If you are going to go check out these comics, uh, the killing joke comic is fairly intense. It's It's got some 
very adult things going on in it, so just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, and I think that's where the two of these are, are slightly different anyway, is that A Death in the Family actually took place in the actual monthly Batman comics. So the a Death in the Family started in December of 88 and ended in March of 89. So I think it was Batman number 426 through 429. Yeah, 426 through 429 of the individual like monthly issues. And The Killing Joke is it was just a graphic novel. It was like a one-time graphic novel. And originally it wasn't even meant to be part of Batman continuity. Like, there was just supposed to be this story, and it, it stood alone on, as its own thing. Mm-hmm. wasn't going to be a part of Batman's history or continuity or anything else until they decided, oh, hey, we like some of this stuff. Let's, let's make this let's part of the, the regular Batman universe. Um, so I'm going to run through real quick and just do kind of a quick overview okay. of the Killing Joke story. Um, and again, I'm going to spoil stuff, so if you haven't read it, you've already been warned. Prepare to be spoiled. Um, <clears throat> prepare to be, to be spoiled, spoiled sir. This one starts off, Batman goes to talk with the Joker, have a little, have a little chit-chat, uh, and resolve some of their problems. You know, have a conversation about, hey, look, you know, we go back and forth every single time we do this. You escape. I find you. I you know, catch you. You kill people. You hurt people. I find you. I catch you. I beat you up a little bit. I throw you back in here, and the cycle starts over again. And at some point, this is going to keep going to where, you know, we're going to kill each other. You may kill me. I may kill you. I don't want it to get to that, so let's just talk. And as he's having this heart-to-heart with the Joker, all of a sudden he finds out it's not really the Joker. Yep. The Joker has yep. escaped, and some guy, I think one of maybe one of the guards at the asylum, they had put some white makeup on him and stuck him in there to uh, to make his getaway. Uh, we cut over to Joker buying a carnival, because um, as you do when you're the Joker, that's that's what you do. And uh, I kind of feel like if you're Batman, isn't that the first place you look? One would think. I feel like if you know the Joker that well, yeah. That if there's a carnival for sale, I kind of feel like that's the first place you look for his hideout. Yes. No, I'm just, you know, not to question the Batman and, and his methods, but I kind of feel like that's a little obvious. Right. Um, so Batman is, it kind of goes back to the Batcave, and Batman is reminiscing on his cycle with the Joker of, of the whole back and forth and, and what they've done over and over again and how nothing really ever gets resolved from this and kind of what would cause someone like this to become the Joker and to do the things that he does. So what's interesting about this one is you get flashbacks to a comedian, or a failed comedian. Mm-hmm. He, he had worked at a chemical plant, and now he's a, he wanted to be a comedian, so he quit his job, and, and uh, he's not very good. Not a very good comedian. Not very funny. Uh, problem is, he has a very pregnant wife. Baby's coming probably any day now, mm-hmm. and uh, he's not making any money. So his chosen profession is not doing anything to put uh, put food on the table, and um, so he's freaking out because he's got a baby coming and he's n- not able to provide for him. So, um, and I will say this is where the phrase comes in, and and a lot of people have used this phrase related to this story. Is it's kind of like a one bad day story where it just this origin story of the Joker is just going to show that. One bad day could take someone like this and turn them into a psychopathic killer mm-hmm. with green hair and a white face. Um, so, and I think throughout this story, Joker wants to prove that one bad day can ruin anybody. Uh, so he's, as we're getting these flashbacks to the past, he's kind of forced, uh, he kind of helps, he arranges this heist. Like these guys want to break into this chemical plant where he used to work. So they get in touch with him and, um, you know, he's forced to help in this heist 
as uh, a member of the Red Hood gang. They use that kind of Red Hood outfit mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. to to be a part of this, and that kind of calls back to some of the very first early, early, early Joker stories. Um, you know, hinting at the idea that, uh, or that maybe it was one of the first times they really kind of connected the idea of the Red Hood being uh, the Joker. And uh, then you find out that his wife dies in kind of a freak accident. She was testing one of the bottles, and uh, I think it was the radiator caught fire or something, something happened. That it was, yeah, and, and she ended up dying. Like this one in a million chance that, mm-hmm. that somebody could die this way. Um, so a freak accident. And <clears throat> so Joker is kind of, well, we don't know his name, but um, the character that will become the Joker is forced into doing this heist. And uh, in the process, he things go awry. And Batman does show up, and he ends up falling into the chemical vat. And when he comes out the other side of it all, he's got the white face and the green hair, and he's mm-hmm. snapped at this point. Uh, so then we get to we we come back to the present, and we get to this point where uh, Joker shows up, opens up the door to it's it's Commissioner Gordon and his daughter Barbara Gordon, mm-hmm. who is Batgirl. Um, they are in. I think it's supposed to be Barbara's apartment or, so. or Gordon's apartment, wherever it is. Yeah. And uh, there's a knock at the door, doorbell rings, and Barbara thinks it's one of her friends, opens up the door, and immediately, without any kind of warning, gunshot. And she gets shot right in the right in the stomach, mm-hmm. uh, with the implication being that she was shot in the spine and is just kind of left there bleeding on the floor. And you don't really see anything happen at this point. It kind of cuts away. Um, you know, you, you get the idea that Joker's about to do something else, but then it kind of cuts away, and, and then you kind of come back to um, uh, that uh, he has kidnapped Commissioner Gordon and brought him to this carnival, and he's got these kind of like these almost like carnival freaks, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Uh, these almost like childlike looking people. Yeah. And they've stripped Weird. they've stripped Gordon naked and they're like dragging him around on a chain and, and yeah. Joker is sitting on this throne, you know, atop a bunch of doll parts. And yeah, it's, it's very, very, very creepy and very weird. And, yeah. Very um, weird. And, uh, you know, he puts, the idea is he wants to put Gordon through something that will drive him insane. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I, I want to prove to you that one bad day can do to anyone what it did to me. Mm-hmm. And so um, puts him through like this carnival ride. And as he's going through, as Jim Gordon's going through the carnival ride, he sees all these pictures of his daughter. And the implication is that Joker stripped her naked and tortured her and photographed this whole thing. Because you see a bunch of pictures of her bleeding out on the floor, naked, in pain. And in the, in the edition that I had, that I got from the library, and I think most other editions I've seen, it is edited. Like in the original, the original original, there was some nudity in those photographs. So, okay. I mean, that it, it's implied, and there's certain parts cut off in pictures mm-hmm. when you look at it in this one. But um, So Gordon has to go through that. He has, to, he has to see all this when he's going through this carnival ride. Batman ends up uh, showing up at the carnival, rescues Gordon. Uh, Gordon has not snapped, as the Joker wanted him to, and then says, hey, you know what, t- tells Batman, we got to do this by the book. You know, whatever you're feeling right now, he did this to my daughter, but I'm still telling you, we got to do this by the book. We can't let him win. So ultimately, in the end here, Batman confronts the Joker. They kind of have a a little bit of a back and forth, and he finally confronts him and refuses to fight uh, and beat him, but is just going to take him in and actually kind of pleads with him at the end. He's like, look, I I can help you. Like, I I would like to help you, because otherwise you and I are eventually going to kill each other at Mm -hmm. some point. And Joker kind of says, no. 
But this whole thing reminds me of a joke. And then he tells this joke at the very end. And the way the comic ends is Batman actually cracks a smile and they both start laughing together at this joke. And then the final panel is it goes quiet. Mm-hmm. And so then what some people have implied over the years is that they believe that Batman snapped his neck. And that that's why the... Some people think Batman snapped his neck and that's why the laughing stopped. Some people have said, no, they just they were laughing at this joke and they just stopped laughing. And that was the end of the comic. And They've left it... I mean, the, the people who worked on this comic have left it ambiguous. Like, they're not going to say one way or the other whether Batman killed Joker or not. But Interesting. That's kind of the... Some people have implied that Batman snaps his neck. Well, I got some completely else. I'm looking at yeah. the final panes right now. But anyways, yeah. we can discuss... Or panels, yeah, yeah. panes. But we can discuss that when it yeah. comes time. But. So, so let's just start off with this. When you read this one, so The Killing Joke... When was the first time you read this, and, and what was kind of like your overall reaction to it? I think I was 10. Okay. Oh, same, same age as my son. So. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I don't think Well, I you're would. not a bad guy. Maybe I should let him read it. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, I remember this story and hearing this story, and then the death in the family, I remember hearing that story. Mm-hmm. And that's when we got discussing these. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'll hop in for that. So, and then I got them from the library, and I opened them up, and it's like, I've seen all this before. Mm-hmm. I've read this before. And I don't know if I was quite 10. Yeah. If it came out in 88, 89, I would say 89, 90 is about. So, I mean, I was maybe 11 or 12. I was in middle school mm-hmm. uh, when it came out, and I read that. I think it was a buddy of mine had, and it's like, dude, you got to check out this comic. Or we were talking, you know, um, you know, I, I liked it when... Hey, man, tell me the story of whatever, you know, and he'd tell me the story and he'd let me read it. But I think my buddy Kevin loaned it to me, and so I read it, and my reaction was, I had already seen the 89 Batman, Mm -hmm. I think, because I think my first experience with Batman as, you know, a little bit more of an intense adult story was when Mm -hmm. I saw the 89 Batman. But then this was, you know, I was reading this, I think pretty soon after that, and I remember just talking about different characters or whatnot, and that's when a buddy said, well, you know, um, you know, Joker's pretty bad. And, you know, he shot Batgirl and mm-hmm. everything like that. So I read that comic and it was just, it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that as an adult you bring to the table. And, you know, like you mentioned, the assumption or the, the presumption that, okay, he stripped her naked and he mm-hmm. took pictures. I mean, did he rape her? Did he, do, you know? Well, and, and, and that, that's been kind of another debate people have had back and forth right. is, you know, some people say absolutely he did. Yeah. Like he totally did. I think it's. I think it's the cool thing is you can take what you want from it. Right. I, I read it as a twelve or thirteen year old, so thankfully I haven't lived a life where that would mm-hmm. have been like something that was prevalent. It was just mm-hmm. uh, he horribly maimed this woman and mm-hmm. you know did try to do awful things to her dad. But yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of dancing around the question. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I read it, and I think I was I was just left with this. Ugh, okay, mm-hmm. so, oh, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna take Batman there. I. I'm not a regular comic book reader, so that whole mm-hmm. that added darkness and that added level of of um, uh, violence was mm-hmm. was pretty eye opening. But I thought it was a cool comic, and um, you know, I'm 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 the sap for the happy ending. So I always wanted Barbara to not just live, but to survive and to be able to you know be fine and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was kind of that. Well, sometimes things don't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, the origin of the Joker, which I don't know if that's an offshoot, and well, this is one possible origin because I know in one of our earlier discussions, Bo had said, "I don't want to see where the Joker came from. I don't mm-hmm. want an origin. I don't." I always kind of assumed this was canon. 
where mm-hmm. I don't know if we use that with talking about that Joker was the Red Hood and he fell in the at. Right. But maybe it's not. So now I'm reading it and it's... It kind of depends. Yeah. And so I think depends, it's... It depends on what reboot of the comics you're going through. Okay. Yeah. See, and I, I don't have that. So I read yeah. this and it's like, oh yeah. I, and I thought that mm-hmm. was a completely... You know, in my mind, I'd always mm-hmm. remember that as reading it somewhere else. But it was like, okay, and, and I see the parallels to the movies. Oh, he fell in acid. Mm-hmm. They put that in the movie. Right. Oh, he was this other guy before he became... Oh, okay, I, you know, they mm-hmm. put that in the movies. So anyways, yeah, I think I read it back in the day and it, I was just struck with... Oh wow, that's that's a really that's a really intense comic, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, but very good story. Yeah, I think I was probably high school. Okay, um, I might have been high school before I read this, and even then, it may be like late middle school, high school. I already had known because I mean that, that's years later, so I already had known of Batgirl as being Oracle, like when she becomes Oracle, like the the. Um, Almost like the librarian for the DC universe. Okay. Like she, I, I don't know if she, how familiar you are with the story. Not after to that. be new information. For okay. Me. All right. So what ends up happening is, and that's one of the things that they keep from this story is this was not meant to be canon for Batman. It was just meant to be, hey, we want to do a fun. I don't know if you call it fun, but um, the creators of this, he's like, yeah, he he was told by DC. He's like, yeah, you can do. Uh, that was a uh, Brian uh, uh, Brian Boland. He was told, yeah, you you can do whatever story you want. Like, mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. And he's like, well, I want to work with Alan Moore, and I want to do a Joker story. I want to do mm-hmm. a Batman Joker story. And at the point that I read this, I already knew what became of Batgirl, because what happens after this, and one of the things they kept was that, yes, she was paralyzed by the Joker, um, and but she didn't give up being like a superhero. She was confined to a wheelchair, but... Then she took her skills as a, because I, I guess she went through library school. Like, that was her thing. Mm-hmm. She was going through college and went through library school. She just became, like, this super amazing researcher. And what would happen is, if there was ever anybody in DC Comics, Superman, Batman, whoever, even Batman being the detective that he was, if he needed information that he couldn't find, he would call up Barbara Gordon, who had become Oracle. Okay. And Oracle was like the, you know, before there was the internet, Right. As prevalent as it is now, um, their Oracle was the internet cool. for DC superheroes. So if somebody needed something, they knew they could call up Oracle. All right. She'd be able to find the answer. Uh, and then when they rebooted the DC Comics uh, in 2011, was it 2011? Yeah, I think it was 2011. When they restarted all the DC Comics again in 2011, they brought Batgirl back as uh, someone who was able to walk. And they said, they said, well, okay, so those events did happen, but it was temporary. Like her paralysis lasted three years, uh, I, and then there was <laughs> then there was some technology that was able to bring her back. So now she's Batgirl again, and she's able to run around and do okay. her thing. And yeah, so that's what I love about comic books is it seems like they could, from an outside observer, mm-hmm. you can like steer it any direction you want. Oh yeah, and whereas like you take it one way for like ten or fifteen years, and they'll just be like, I no, yeah, gonna, and then like we're erasing movie, movie people be like. That's it. I am going to boycott right. the series. Hashtag not mm-hmm. my Star Wars and mm-hmm. blah, blah. But comic book people are just yeah. like, all right, man. Cool. It happens. Keep it yeah. going. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. okay. Fun. Yeah. So so I think at the point that I read this, I already knew what Batgirl became. Okay. And I already had heard that it was Joker, you know, from other references in other Batman stories. She always got real nervous around the Joker or she got real nervous in dealing with the Joker because there would be flashbacks to what he had yeah. done to her. Now, in reading all the stuff that I read, there's never any 
it was always just a flashback to she got shot and she got paralyzed. Mm -hmm. There was never any mention in the regular Batman comics, or at least the ones that I read and remember, of her being tortured and photographed and stripped mm -hmm. naked and, and all this other stuff that the Joker does to her. Um, and so that part, when I read this, I was like, whoa, that's uh, <laughs> that's a whole other level of intense. I mean, it's bad enough that he paralyzed her, but then to do all this stuff and to do all this stuff for the express purpose of trying to drive Jim Gordon insane. Yeah. That part I didn't know. So, um, you know, and I think the first time I read this was either late middle school, early high school. And I think that I missed that part. Or I didn't miss that part. I think I glossed over that part. Mm -hmm. I think the part that I latched onto was the Joker paralyzed her. And then the Joker was trying to drive Jim Gordon insane. Because I didn't remember until I read this again maybe a couple years ago. Um, I didn't remember that he had stripped her naked and photographed her. And I got to that part and I was like, whoa, mm -hmm. that, that was in here. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, well, I, we'll, we'll roll with it. Yeah. So I don't know. Obviously, as a kid, I kind of glossed over it. I don't know how I feel about it as an adult. Um, it's a very intense... It's a very intense Joker story. Mm -hmm. And I don't know... I was trying to think this time, because I remember the first time I read it, I thought, wow, that's really cool. Like, they give a backstory to the Joker. They kind of tell you what he was and, like, where he came from. And... and you know, at that point, there had been a bunch of different backstories. There was the there was the the movie one, the Batman '89, Joker, where he's a mob boss, and and you know, then there's this one where he's a failed comedian. I thought, well, that's kind of a clever thing. Like he's he's not very funny, mm -hmm. but he becomes this guy who like everything is meant to be a joke, and and life is a joke, and he's all about you know being yeah. chaotic and and all this other stuff. Um, so I remember as a kid, I remember reading this, and I remember liking it for wow, man, the Joker's crazier than I thought. As an adult, when I went back and read it a couple of years ago, and especially when I went back and read it just last week, I was like, you know what? A little disturbing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I almost I almost did a hashtag not my Joker mm -hmm. kind of thing. I was like, would the Joker would the Joker go that far? Because then I started trying to figure out because I'd read a couple of things on people saying, yeah, he raped her too, and I was like, would the Joker? Now, and, and I've already said we're, you know, this is a family show, so we're not going to get graphic or anything like that, but this is a fairly adult comic book. So um, when I think of, when I think of you, you hear about issues of sexual assault and rape and things like that, from what I recall hearing, people tend to say it's, it's not about the sex, it's more about power. Mm -hmm. about having power over someone. Mm -hmm. So I think about that, because the first time I thought when I read somebody, uh, somebody online said, oh yeah, well he, he sexually assaulted her too, he, he raped her. I was like, well, but the Joker, I don't see the Joker as being interested in, in sex. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but I, just, I don't know, that, that just doesn't fit with, that doesn't fit with me thinking of his character in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but then as I thought about it a little bit more, I'm like, well, you know, I, I mean, he could have. I don't know that I want to think that he did. But part of me is like, well, he could have because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an attraction thing. It could just be, I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff that's going to, you know, totally mess with Jim Gordon's mind. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I, I think what it shows too is that, you know, you think of a comic book as a kid's story, but it shows that it's. It's um, 
there's a depth there that you can bring stuff to the table as an adult mm -hmm. and enjoyment's the wrong term but you right. can find a, a compellingness mm -hmm. compelliosity I feel, like, I feel like this comic upholds the reason why um, Law & Order SVU is still like one of the most popular TV shows ever because it's I mean subject matter is not fun or mm -hmm. good or but it's an entertaining show. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that, you go to some of those crime shows, and it's like, well, why do we like to watch crime shows? Well, because in some ways, it's, it's, like, the, it's like when there's a car wreck. You yeah. Know? Everybody wants to take a look. Yeah. You want to drive by, you want to take a look, you, want to see, you don't really, but you do kind of want to take a look yeah. at it. I'm going to use the word capelliosity. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not a word, but you can. I think I was just going to use I'll, it. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's, it, it, there's something compelling there. And as an adult... And I will compare it to the death in the family one. Like this one, it's like mm, that. This one gets you thinking. Yeah. You know, there's something drawing you into the story, and and that's that shows a depth to it. And you know, a kid might gloss over to the various parts of it. Mm -hmm. Still not letting my son read it. Yeah. <laughs> Till their father, and then it's just like, oh, I can't gloss over that. Oh my right. god. Right. You know. Um, well, and I and I think that was different this time. Was when I read this as a kid, and when I read this, even just I don't know, even just a few years ago. I think it was the, wow, that's really disturbing. Yeah. And then I think you reach a point where, like, when I read it, you know, last week, I was like, I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to, I'm almost like trying, I was trying to put myself in Jim Gordon's place. And I was like, what kind of torment would this do? You know, would I, at the end, when he says, we're doing this by the book, regardless of everything Joker's done, we're doing this by the book. Mm -hmm. We're not going to kill him. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, as would I would I be able to do that? Mm -hmm. If somebody had done that kind of stuff to somebody in my family, yeah. would I be able to hold back and say we got to do this the right way? And I think I would. I mean, I, I don't. I I don't want to look at those situations and say no. I would totally lose control. And I, you know, even though I'm a decent person, I'd totally kill the guy. I wouldn't. I don't think I would. But yeah, there's just there's a whole other level to reading it as an adult than the last times I read this when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But it's an intense Joker story. It is. Yeah. It is. And, you know, like, the question is, you know, in that Brooks thing, like, what would I do and how? And you can't mm -hmm. know unless you're in that situation. Right. But, I mean, it's like, um, what, you know, like, I've heard people that just say, oh, well, forgiveness is the right way and everything. But that's not even, that's not from a, I've heard people say forgiving is important even in the midst of these intense Mm -hmm. things just because you can't harbor that mm -hmm. and if you harbor that then it's still like forgiveness isn't just like about forgiving the other person it's about letting go of mm -hmm. that thing so I mean the, the that would present that I mean it, it presents that topic right. for discussion discuss right. if you will right. you know so I mean it, it, it's a very it is dark but it's a very deep stories because it, it provides you all these avenues for mm -hmm further discussion not just oh man you know did batman snap his neck or not mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, was she raped or not i mean that's sure that's the comic book talk and you know you can get into that but it it provides these bigger concepts of life that you can mm -hmm. that you can get by reading it so and i and i may want to wait and i'm going to ask this now but i might bring this back up again later um I mentioned that one of the most recent times of reading this, I, I made I had the thought in my head of like you know you said the hashtag not my Star Wars, mm -hmm. the hashtag not my Joker. Okay. 
Do you like, I don't know if like is the right word, how do you feel about this characterization of the Joker? Because there's been different, jo- I mean, we've got the animated series Joker, we've got the old comic books Joker, we've yeah. got the cartoon Joker, we've got the movie Joker, the, the several different movie Jokers. I, I don't, I've never like liked or looked up to the bad guys Yeah. in shows. So for me... I just don't care. Okay. I mean, that's because I'm a hopeless, hopeless romantic that yeah. loves the happy ending and all that. Well, so I, I want I, a bad. I guess guy. what my my question is trying to get to is, of the different depictions of the Joker, which one is the one that if you want to see a Joker story, which one do you want to see? If you want to see the Batman go up against the Joker, what Joker is it going to be? Is it going to be this Joker? Is it going to be Heath Ledger's Joker? Is it going to be I, you know what Jack Nicholson's Joker? Well, I see. I'm a movie guy, so mm-hmm. the Heath Ledger one was awesome. The Jack Nicholson one was awesome. I mean, Tommy Wiseau's Joker yeah, that just Tommy came out Wiseau. today. I think Ooh, it was. Ouch. Um, I'll put that in the. I'll put that video in the. Put show that notes. video people in the can, show people notes. Can take a look. And like you said, maybe that's not a bad Joker. Hey, you know, yeah. He's just crazy enough. Um, so I, you know, for me it was kind of like, well, they described the Joker being, you know, a sadistic killer, mm-hmm. and when you look in the movie, he was killing those guys left, right, and center mm-hmm. in any of the movies, and he was going to blow people up, including. Men, women, and children, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just you know they always kind of stop him before he gets the chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the movie, what's the the gal that was uh, Grissom's girlfriend that was cheating on him with the Joker, which is why. Yeah. Chris, I mean, he killed her. I mean, didn't he spray her with acid? I mean, so he's mm-hmm. not above mm-hmm. mutilate. They just don't show it. Yeah. Outright. So I guess Felicia. What was her yeah, this like this never this Joker never really bothered me. Like, oh, yeah. no, that's not that's not what the Joker should be. Yeah, I mean, unless unless you want to be like into the, the '60s Batman, which is mm-hmm. totally fine. Right. But maybe that's kind of like I could see, I could see like my 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 folks. Although my dad likes the Batman movies and he mm-hmm. liked the new ones, but I could see like my folks or my grandparents mm-hmm. saying. Whoa! What's going on with this? Yeah, Caesar Romero. Caesar Romero would never do that. Yeah, exactly. And then you know the Penguin. That's Burgess Meredith. Like so, unless you're going to go that, I I don't see this as that far removed from what they're kind of showing in the movies. Mm -hmm. It's just they add an extra layer of, you know, into it. Yeah, extra layer of yeah grime and creepiness. yeah, so real quick before we move on to A Death in the Family, um, because this one actually has a movie version. They did an animated movie version where they brought back uh, Mark Hamill mm-hmm. uh, as the Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman. Um, and I think Batgirl, uh, I want to say that actress's name was Tara Strong. I think it was her name. Um, so those people from the animated series, they brought mm-hmm. those voice actors back to do the voices for this one. So it was kind of like, it was touted as like a superstar reunion of all the Batman right. animated series kind of major actors. Um, some of the, one of the biggest differences between, it, it, it did not get good reviews. Like it came, people were very excited about it. They even did theatrical releases of this movie. I think it was like one of those Fathom events where you can go and, mm-hmm. and see it. Um, and then it just, people did not like it mm-hmm. at all. Got very bad reviews. And I think part of it was they tried to add in a whole lot of other backstory that is not in the comic. And people just did not respond well to that backstory. The one part in particular, it's it's kind of the only difference between the comic and the movie that I'll bring up, but the one part that that people really hated was in the movie, uh, Batgirl... Because you don't really see Batgirl 
in this comic. You know, you see her as Barbara Gordon, she gets shot, and, and, and then she's in the hospital. Um, in the movie, you do see Batgirl, and she kind of is teaming up with Batman, and they're out, and they're fighting crime and, and doing their thing. And in one particular scene, like, Batman kind of interferes with something she's doing, and she's like, look, I, I had this handled, I had this taken care of. And, and he's kind of like, no, you know, back off, I got this. And she's upset with him for, you know, jumping in and being, you know, like, the big, strong Batman who, yeah. you know, I handle everything myself. And, and um, you know, then all of a sudden they're having sex on the roof of a building. Like, she takes her, takes her shirt off, and all of a sudden they're doing their thing on the roof of a building. Well, I didn't expect that. I mean, even when you said that, I was kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, you. Yeah. Kind of, I saw your face. You're like, okay, all right. And then all of a sudden it was just like, wait, what? Yeah, okay, I can see how that would... Yeah. And and then for for a decent part of the movie, you have these scenes where I, th- I think she's meant to be at like library school and, and she's you know talking to one of her classmates or whatever, and... She keeps referring to the classmates like, you know, did you, uh, don't you have that yoga instructor that you always talk about that's older than you, but you really think he's kind of cute and blah, 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 blah. And so they have these conversations and the yoga instructor, of course, is meant to be right. Batman, right. but she's right. not going to say all that. Um, and then, then she admits like one of the times that, uh, you know, she, the, yes, I did actually sleep with my yoga instructor. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so there's this whole thing about her being, she spends a portion of the movie being like a spurned lover. Because then Batman won't call her back. And then she gets all upset about Batman not calling her back after that. And didn't it mean anything to you? And I'm like, well, that's not the the purpose of the story. Yeah. And I don't know... I don't know that that does anything for her character. That just... It it, it almost... To me, it almost goes to the criticisms of when you have... When you have people criticize something and say, well, that's how a man would write a woman. Yeah. And I almost feel like it's one of those instances of... Why did that? Why did that need to be in the story? It wasn't in the original story. I don't yeah. know that it really adds anything, because the story is meant to be Jim Gordon being tormented. Right. So what is that supposed to do? Is that supposed to be that now you're going to add in that Batman is super tormented because yeah. he has sexual feelings for Batgirl, and so that's why he <laughs> would want to kill Joker too, or? Yeah, it that it sounds like there's too many cooks in the kitchen writing yeah. it, and, and it wasn't executed very well yeah. at all. So, yeah, now so that's kind of one of the biggest. There are some little tiny differences here and there, but um, that to me just was kind of it, it. It almost just made it creepy. Yeah, not I mean not that it's not okay for a you know college age girl if, if she wants to to have a relationship with an older man. Then fine, that's more power to up you. to her, but. Um, in the stories, it was always that, you know, Batgirl, it was always kind of implied that like Batgirl and Robin were a bit of a thing. And then to be like somebody who's the same age as your adopted son, I I don't know. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little weird. It wasn't in the, it it wasn't in the original story. And it's not that, I I guess I want to say not that that couldn't be included and, and done well, but it just, it didn't. It wasn't done well in the movie, yeah. and I don't think it was necessary anyway. I mean, I wouldn't no. have. I don't think I would have added that aspect of the story. Yeah, you never know which guy was sitting yeah. up there in his office saying, "Hey, we need to add a such and such scene." And, right, right. Know. We need to make this a little more, a little more edgy. Yeah. So, Pretty yeah, sweet. that was that was a little weird. 
Um, all right, well, let's move on then to uh, Batman, A Death in the Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one came out, I think as I said earlier, this came out in individual episode or episodes, individual issues of Batman number t- uh, 426 through 429, running from December 1988 to March 1989. Um, a kind of a quick overview of this one. Uh, illustrator was Jim Aparo, is it Aparo or Aparo? I forget which one. Uh, cover by Mike Mignola. Uh, writer was Jim Starlin, and in this one, Jason Todd, a little backstory here real quick, Jason Todd had become Robin in 1983, and he was very unpopular among fans, um, and so uh, I'll, I'll go into the story here, but but basically the idea behind this story was uh, fans were offered the opportunity to call in to a 900 number and decide whether or not Robin was going to die. Um, so it was like one of the very first times they had kind of an interactive, mm-hmm. you know, you vote is, is Joker is going to beat Robin nearly to death. You get to decide whether he survives or not. Yeah. And so then for, I think it was like a 36 hour period, they had these two 900 numbers open and you called in, depending on which one you wanted, if you wanted him to live or die, uh, you called into the 900 number and, and that helped decide whether or not Robin was going to live or die. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here's a, a quick overview of the plot of this one. Uh, Robin, who is Jason Todd Robin, not Dick Grayson Robin. Uh, Robin is acting violently and impulsively, so Batman puts him on leave from being Robin. Okay. Uh, just kind of temporarily fires him. Uh, during this time, he discovers that his mother is not his biological mother, so he wants to head off into the and find her, and he kind of tracks this woman to the Middle East. Um, in the meantime, the Joker has escaped, as he does, and has acquired a nuclear weapon to sell to terrorists and mm-hmm. ends up in Lebanon. Uh, Batman tracks the Joker to Lebanon. <laughs> that part of the story, I'll go ahead and insert a little bit of my own commentary here. The whole like political side of Joker, to me, is just and weird. And him in the, in the thing. Uh, uh-huh. That, to me... When, when, he, when read, he becomes the uh, UN ambassador yeah, to Yeah, I'll save my comments Iran. for the thing. Not, yeah. not negative comments, but just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one is kind of like hashtag not my Joker. That's, okay. That's okay. almost like that's almost like Cesar Romero Joker. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah. we'll get there. Uh, so Batman tracks the Joker to Lebanon, and he meets up with Robin. Uh, the two of them kind of run into each other halfway across the world. Uh, the two foil his plan there. Uh, in Ethiopia, we find that there's an aid worker who is Jason's real mother, but she is a disgraced doctor who has been embezzling from the agency she works for. Joker blacks black, blue. Cannot say it. Blackmails, yeah, uh, blackmails her, and ultimately, as as she you know meets up with Jason, and um, you know she kind of like tricks him into being captured by the Joker. Uh, Joker then beats him with a crowbar, nearly to death, mm-hmm. and then Joker locks both uh, the woman and Jason Todd in this warehouse together. And just as you think he's about to escape with his mother, uh, realizes that the door is locked and they're stuck inside with the bomb and nobody gets there to save them in time. Kablamo. Boom. Um, and so the warehouse explodes with Jason and his mom in there. Uh, Batman shows up. He's too late to save him. The mother reveals that even though she ultimately dies too, um, she reveals that he jumped in front of her to take the brunt of the blast. Um, so he is very clearly dead. Batman checks his pulse and realizes that he's already gone. Mm-hmm. Not, much, not anything he can do to save him. Um, Joker then reveals that he has become the Iranian ambassador to the UN. Superman shows up and tells Batman not to confront him, otherwise he'll risk an international incident. 
Joker tries to kill the General Assembly during his speech with his Joker toxin. Mm -hmm. uh, Superman saves everybody by getting rid of the gas, and Batman chases Joker down. Uh, in the end, Joker's getaway helicopter goes down and crashes. Superman saves Batman, and Joker's body is not found. And Batman um, laments that that's how everything ends with Joker, is it ends unresolved. Yes. Which, oddly enough, is also how many people feel the killing joke ended. Unresolved. Right. So... Uh, yeah, so anyway, this one, they had a they had two 900 numbers that you could call into to decide whether or not uh, Robin was going to live or die. And uh, the, the vote breakdown, they had 10,614 votes. 500, try again. Numbers. Numbers are important. Numbers are. Left or right, it's called reading. Um, 5,343 voted for him to die, and 5,271 voted for him to live, which I believe is a difference of only 72 votes. Mm -hmm. So, very narrow margin for him to die. And uh, I was trying to look into it. I was like, why did they come up with this idea? Like, they, they had thought for a while, like, he's a really unpopular character. We need to write him off. We need to get rid of him in some way. And they came up with the idea they were going to kill him off, which I think was fairly controversial. Have you ever heard how they got this idea? I thought this was kind of funny when I found this out. Um, the editors were having a meeting, and they were talking about, all right, well, how do we, the writers and editors for, for the Batman comics, they're like, how do we get rid of him? Like, people don't like him. We've got to get rid of him in some way. Um, they're like, maybe we should kill him. I'm like, well, all right, well, maybe we can kill him. Maybe we make it interactive for the fans. Like, maybe we let the fans decide. So then if, if, if people say it was a bad decision, then it's not necessarily our bad decision. I was watching this skit on Saturday Night Live. There's a skit on Saturday Night Live from 1982 or 83, okay. maybe, okay. in which uh, Eddie Murphy has Larry the Lobster. Mm -hmm. And he, he's holding up this lobster, and uh, he's got Larry the Lobster. And he's like, you know what, folks? If you want Larry the Lobster to live, call this number. Like, send us notes. Call this number. Awesome. Larry is either going to live or die, depending on what you do. And, and so awesome. they're like, do you, have that? you remember that Saturday Night Live skit with, with Eddie Murphy and Larry the Lobster? Let's do that with Robin. And they're like, ah, sounds good, let's do it. So then they set up the 900 numbers, and the rest is history. Nice. So Robin nice. is a lobster. There you go. Hey, yeah. whatever, whatever floats your boat. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so this one, let's let's just let's jump into when did you read this one, and what was your kind of initial reaction to it? Same thing from the other one, and it just mm -hmm. occurred to me. I had another thought on the killing joke. Yeah, yeah. So should I jump back? Do it. Yeah, go. The ending? Yeah. When I was looking, the way I interpreted the ending, I'm sorry, I was mm -hmm. just kind of paging through these. When I interpreted the ending of the killing joke, I interpreted them as like, I'm opening this up and holding the yeah, frames yeah. up, that they're on either side of the line. Yeah. But Batman is crossing the line. Uh-huh. That was kind of the way I saw it. I don't know if anyone else saw that or if that's just common yeah. or whatever. But it was like that was so you're talking about did he snap his neck, did he uh -huh. not, did he whatever. I always thought as, yeah, he brought Joker in, but before they both share a laugh, and it shows how Batman's cape is like floating across this mm -hmm. line they have drawn in the thing. So I was always when I read this, I was always left with mm -hmm. you know, Joker had the one bad day, he went this direction. Batman has continual bad days because mm -hmm. he's just faced with this stuff and he kind of flirts with crossing the line mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. that. Now, obviously, they didn't explore Batman crossing the line in this book. Right. So maybe 
random thought. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to this no, no, editing no, no. nightmare. Yeah. To, to no, that. no, no. I read the Death in the Family about the same time, and okay. it was when I was talking to a buddy, and it was like, oh no, Robin died. Well, Robin died. Well, not Dick Grayson. He became mm-hmm. Nightwing. Well, who the heck is Nightwing? Right. Oh, well, you got to read the. Da, 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 da. And so he gave me the Death in the Family, and mm-hmm. I, maybe I read parts of one, or I read the one where the Joker finally did him in with the. Or maybe I just mm-hmm. read the scene where Joker did him in, but I remember clearly the frames where Joker's hitting him with the crowbar and, yeah. the, and the whole thing. So, yeah, I I was uh, this one I actually read early, way earlier. I mean, I probably read it not too long after it came out. Um, this is probably one of the first graphic novels, the collected edition that I ever bought. And actually, the, I was looking at it yesterday, and because uh, this one I do own the copy of, and this is one I could tell you at least within a time frame of when I read it, I read this sometime between 1991 and 1993. Okay. And I know that because the price on the back is £2.50. There, there so you I, go. So I bought this one in England. Cool. So it would have been when I lived over in England, and I, and I think I pretty vividly remember buying this right. at the W.H. Smith Booksellers in High Wycombe, England. Okay. Um, with my allowance. Nice. And uh, I remember hearing about this. I remember hearing that Robin had died, so I'm like, well... All right, I got to go find out more about this. Okay, um, yeah. you know, and, and this was at a time when I first started, really first started reading comics for real, uh, with you know the obsession that I have now, where my entire basement is now taken up with comics. Mm-hmm. But um, my dad had brought back, uh, he went back to uh, on a business trip to the states, and he brought back two comic books for me. At that point, I, I mean, I read the occasional comic here or there, but he brought back two comics for me. One was Superman number eighty one. And Batman number four ninety nine, and in both of those, what was happening in comics at the time was Superman had just come back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like Superman, had, Doomsday had killed him. He was back from the dead, and and uh, he had the black Superman suit with the silver S on it. And he had the long hair, and okay. the, you know the other stuff. And then the Batman comic that my dad got for me had this Batman that had these, like, robotic gloves on that would, like, shoot little bat razors. Okay. Um, and he was, like, it, it wasn't Bruce Wayne. It was, like, this blonde-haired guy. And I was, like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, I remember, I haven't read comics, but when did Superman die? Yeah. Yes. And, like, when is Batman blonde? Yeah. And and he's got these razor gloves and these. Yeah. So at that point, I was, like, this is cool. Like, yeah. This isn't the Super Friends stuff I remember from Saturday morning cartoons. So then I was like, I got to read more. And then uh, it being the 90s, the next two issues, Superman 82 and Batman number 500, um, were like the shiny foil covered uh, mm-hmm. 90s collector's edition comics. So I'm like, these are awesome. I got to so buy cool. more. And so then I started regularly reading the Superman and Batman comics. And then I started to find out, oh, well, Robin got killed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Superman died? Batman had his back broken. Robin got killed. What is going on? Yeah. Batgirl was paralyzed. Give me more. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is crazy. This is not super friend stuff. This is like more adult type things. And yeah. so then I really started to pick up on buying more and more of the comics. So this was probably the first like collected, other than maybe the death of Superman, uh, which I bought at the exact same store in England. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably one of the first graphic, no- graphic novels that I bought. So I would have read this not too, too long after it came out, just a few years after it came out. Um, and at the time, I, I just knew the, the Joker as being, like, somebody silly. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's silly, and he's crazy, and he does crazy things. Yeah. And I, ne- reading it now, because I haven't read this in, in years, and reading it now, I was like, really? Am- ambassador to the UN for Iran? Yeah. That's just weird. Like, this- like, that's almost 60s Batman. Like you were saying earlier, like, six, there's yeah. a difference between 60s Batman... 
from the from the '66 TV show and like this Heath Ledger Joker. You know, yeah, this this would, is more like '60s. Joker, yeah, and I, I, don't, I feel like except for the crowbar beating Robin. But yeah, I don't read enough comic books mm-hmm. to know. But like this seemed like some guy like saying, "Hey, I'm going to dabble in comic books, but I want to tell an adult story." Right. This being, I'm sorry, listening audience, I'm pointing mm-hmm. to Killing Joke. Yeah. Death in the Family. It seemed like a comic book to me, yeah. like what my mm-hmm. stereotypical like. Right. All right, Joker's at this, and he's mm-hmm. selling a nuclear weapon, and he's right. got the thing, you know, and it's sitting there in the launching vehicle, mm-hmm. and. Well, and it's different because I mean, this one being a collected version of your regular monthly Batman titles versus this one being like a one-off. We just right. want to tell a, a story right. that's unconnected, and so that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of what I. Mm-hmm. So that the sometimes you can get a little crazier with the, you can get crazier, more intense, and more yes. adult with the standalone stuff yes. versus the, you know. Yeah. Joker will become the UN ambassador to Iran. Yeah, I know. And it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Joker with international intrigue and. Yeah. And. Yeah, reading it this time around, I don't know. It was almost kind of too silly. It it was, and like, it seemed like they were trying to get rid of a character. Mm -hmm. Like, the. The killing joke almost affects me more as an adult, mm-hmm. but as a kid, I was like, yeah, I read the killing joke, you mm-hmm. know, and I've said, I think I was 10 when I read it. Mm-hmm. This one, I remember being like, oh my gosh, Robin's dead. Now, maybe I've associated with the character, or uh-huh. what, you know, or the last I'd seen was the boy Wonder from the mm-hmm. 60s or whatever, and it was just like, wow, that's intense, and Joker yeah. beating him up with a crowbar. That seemed to stick in my mind, but yeah. now I read it, and it's like, yeah, okay, you beat him down, and boy, that's really awful, and... Mm-hmm. But then it was like, well, on to the next thing, and they're right. trying to foil, and Superman's there. And right. I don't remember Superman showing up. No, I didn't, until I read it again this time. I was yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah, Superman shows okay. up, and then he kind of helps out, and then they <laughs> fight, and then that's that. So when I look at it now, the image on the cover of Batman holding the, the, the very badly, you know, mm-hmm. beat up Robin, that is cool. Yeah. I mean, that's intense, and it gives me this really, like, oh, my gosh. Even the way they draw the face, it just shows, you know, that you can't see Batman's face. That is pretty good, but then once you read inside of it, it, it doesn't back up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't back up that intensity of the, 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 the cover. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost kind of flipped on it as a kid. It was like, oh, my God, they killed Robin. Yeah. But then it was like, whoop, on to the next thing. Yeah. And I think there was a later one in the version I had which I didn't read, but the version I had had another comic series attached to it, the one yes. I had from the library, mm-hmm. and that was how they got the third Robin. Yeah, that was uh, some of the later, some of the more recent graphic novel versions of this one had a, what do they call it, a lonely place of dying? Yeah. Is like the attached story of the introduction of Tim Drake, yeah. the third Robin. Yeah. So, so it yeah. kind of becomes the Spinal Tap drummer. I mean, not yeah. to, not to yeah. undersell yeah. it, no, and yeah. I understand you got to keep selling comic books, right? but... And oddly enough, one of the Robins spontaneously combusted. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> into a, a bomb. Green. Helped him yeah. combust, but. So, anyways, that was my my take yeah. with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I. And I don't know if, at the time, at the time I was reading this one, there was already the third Robin. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, oh, so there's been more than one Robin because I got a little confused at that point too, still being a kid and and being fairly new to reading comics regularly. I was like, well, wait a minute, how many Robins have there been? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, all right. So this first one, he grew up, and he's now Nightwing. The second one got killed, and now there's a third one. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of throwing me off, too, when I when I first read this. But I was like, and so then maybe that had less of an impact on me, because I was like, oh, well, we've already got a new Robin, so it's okay. Yeah. Like, this one died, and that's sad, but eh, we got a third one. We're good. Yeah, that's... Batman, Batman got his replacement, so we're, we're yeah. all right. Um, I was just thinking about, as you were as you were saying about these two comics... 
I don't know that a death in the family ages well. Yeah, I agree. The killing joke makes me really uncomfortable to read, but I feel like it ages very well. Yeah, because it makes so you uncomfortable to read. Right, right. And, and I feel like... Well, and actually, the other thing that I forgot to mention about Killing Joke is the more and more that we've been hearing about this Joker origin movie that they're talking about coming out with, um, like I think Martin Scorsese is somehow connected with it, and, and that's the one where they said, like, Joaquin Phoenix wants to play the Joker and, and, and whatever. They've said that there are some rumors that it will feature um, a backstory for the Joker to explain his origin where he's a failed 80s comedian that is not very funny, and through a series of events, it causes him to become the Joker. I'm like, well, okay, that's exactly, you know, that's pulled from the killing joke. So yeah. obviously that one ages a little bit better because, yeah. you know, they're willing to use that for a, a, a movie in 2018 as, as maybe a basis for the story. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I think some of, the, some of the political stuff in A Death in the Family, it's a very... It's a very, like, late 80s... It's it's a very 80s yeah. Batman comic. And even, like, his mom betraying him yeah. and everything. I mean, that they could have explored. I mean, but then, I'm, that, but then I fall back on... I don't read comics, so maybe right. that's asking a little bit much. Right. It's just... It just seemed like we wanted to get rid of a character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I had too many too many other things I wanted to say about either. Oh, you know, the one thing that I didn't mention back to Killing Joke for a second was I thought that was a kind of an interesting take on Batman. Like Batman's almost like the peacemaker yeah. in that story, where he's yeah. like he's like I'm going to come talk to you, like I want to come because that's not. You almost think like you get well, and especially in um, you know just prior to this, you have like the. Dark Knight Returns. You got the Frank Miller stuff, like mm-hmm. the Batman Year One and the Dark Knight Returns. The very intense, gruff, violent Batman who, you know, you probably would get more grunts out of him than you would yeah. actual words and syllables. Whereas this Batman is, I've been thinking a lot about you lately. Yeah. I, I want to sit down and talk about Well, this. I was going to ask you if that was common for Batman, because even no. in both of these, it's <laughs> no. like he's trying to save the Joker, or, uh-huh. you know... I don't, I don't feel like it was. Now, I, again, I... I did not read a lot of Batman comics at the time, so okay. some of my some of my take on this is is someone who read the Batman comics in the '90s as a kid, right, and reads them today. And then even when I go back and read older Batman comics, I'm reading them from the 2018 lens, 21st okay. century lens. So I don't think so. Okay, I don't think that that was. I don't feel like Batman in the regular comics was someone who would sit down with the Joker and try to reason with him. Yeah. Whereas in a ki- in the Killing Joke, from page one, he's there explicitly to try to sit down and reason with the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if he really knows the Joker as well as he does, is that just an exercise in futility to do yeah. that in the first place? To, to walk in, sit down, and expect that you're going to have a... a coherent conversation, yeah. a reasonable conversation with the Joker. Yeah. I mean, because I, as much as I want to talk through things with my kids, yeah, I know that there are some times where I can't sit down and have a reasonable conversation with a seven-year-old. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. Not the <laughs> we seven, just, yeah. We, we, just need to, we just need to do this. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to talk to you about it. But if I try to reason with you, you might just scream yeah. in my face. And but. not like the not what you do with the seven year old, but like this, right. like maybe we just need to lock him and just throw away the key, throw right. him in a hole, and throw away the hole. Right. I you mean, know, not 
not that I would do that with a seven-year-old, but right. usually. But, yeah. It depends on the situation, maybe. But yeah. um, but I thought that was kind of an interesting take on Batman, is that from the, from the beginning, and even at the very, very end, yeah. Even after all this stuff has happened, he's you know Joker has tortured Jim Gordon. He's done this to Batgirl. He's you know it's it's at this point pretty permanent. Um, and then you get to the very very end, and it's like I can save you. We can work together. Like he's still trying to be the peacemaker in this whole situation. And yeah. I'm like well, that's it's odd. that's an odd take on, especially because a lot of the other Batman comics at this point, like Dark Knight Returns, Year One, and. I, they're making Batman out to be this very gruff, mm-hmm. violent, dark and gritty, you know, I'm the Batman and it, it, that kind of stuff and, and not the help me help you. Yeah. You know, not, not that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's definitely an odd thing. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just, I thought about that this time when I was, when I was looking at it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking at our time and, um... I know Dennis wanted to talk about Black Panther, and, yeah. and we kind of had talked about doing a kind of a separate Black Panther episode anyway, and we're, we're already at like over an hour mm-hmm. talking about our Batman comics, yeah, so yeah. I think we're going to cut this one off here, okay? and then we're going to come back to a, uh, a Black Panther one later, um, so maybe that'll be our one, uh, since we won't be here over spring break, maybe we can record an episode ahead of time and sure. throw that one in there, and, uh, and then coming up soon, we've also got uh, Willow and Child's Play. So uh, a, a quick, <laughs> oh man, I haven't started a it. very quick preview of that one. How you, did you start Child's Play? I one? haven't. I think okay. if I watch it on my phone while I'm doing the dishes, like looking away, okay. you might be okay. Is that? Yeah. Well, your Texas pet. I don't know how you're gonna. You know. Yeah. So. Because it's not. I mean, it's not really that scary for me. It's yeah. not that scary. Well, I was all panicked about. But it's Nightmare. got a combination of things. Things that, that you I don't, don't like. like. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I was real worried about Nightmare on Elm Street. And my yeah. mother's like, dude, when you watch that. I, to I'm, me, Nightmare on Elm Street is scarier. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, then I should be because like Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm like, oh, this is freaky, but it's okay. like you're fighting a dude, you know, right, like I mean, right. whatever. And his yeah. arms got weird, and that was kind of weird. Right. Focus the camera. Yeah. Um, I just never saw Child's Play until like this is the first time I ever okay. watched Child's Play, and. I just have, I think maybe the reason why Nightmare on Elm Street scares me more mm-hmm. is because I did see that as a kid. Okay. And so I have these memories of being terrified it as a child. Past of, schema. Mm-hmm, yes. Your teacher talk there. Um, so yeah, maybe that's why to me Nightmare on Elm Street's yeah. definitely creepier than, than this one. But yeah. this one just, it has a. It has a, a, a collection of, of, a combination of things that, yeah, that I've heard. Pat doesn't like. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it is, we'll man. We'll see how it goes. But Willow, I mean Willow's. I haven't seen that either, so Willow. I'm excited. You've never seen Willow. I'm excited to see Willow. Yeah, I know. really. Uh huh. I think you're gonna like it. I think I am. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't want to know okay. anything about it. No, because I'm not I say just anything. know Willow and Sword and Sorcery, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, and I want to see the rest. So. Okay. All right, I'm not gonna say anything. Cool. All right. Okay. Well, so the next time, um, I don't know. Next time may either be Black Panther or maybe our Willow Child's Play episode. Um, probably it's gonna be the Willow Child's Play one, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, so in the meantime, if you want to find us, you can go to 30podcast.com, and that has all the different ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, if you have some feedback over the Batman comics we talked about, or if you want to jump in with some uh, Black Panther stuff, or uh, Willow Child's Play, any of that stuff, we've got a voicemail line. You can find that voicemail on our website, um, but it's also 872-356-6843. Um, feel free to call that. It goes straight through to voicemail, so don't worry that you're going to be like waking me up in the middle of the night or, or anything if you call that number. Um, but uh, feel free to call that if you've got any feedback and you want to have that uh, played on the show and, and have us respond to it. Um, but otherwise, 
Hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those different places. We are wherever you get your podcasts. We're on iTunes, Google Play, all those different spots. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think we're going to cut this one short and we will come back and talk Black Panther another time. Because uh, Dennis, like we said, Dennis wanted to talk a little bit about Black Panther and yeah. uh, see if we can get some of the other guys in because they, they had some stuff they wanted yeah. to unpack with it too. So, um, all right. Well, so that's going to do it. So thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. This was right. fun. And uh, if you want to check out either of these books, uh, obviously they're available on Amazon. Uh, usually your local library will have uh, some of these. But um, they're good. And I will just repeat that Killing Joke is a little intense. It's a little more adult. So yeah. just be aware of that one if you're going to go check that out. Definitely, you know, depending on how old your kids are, don't let them read yeah, that one read until you've read it first and, and determine whether or not that's right for, for your family and your kids. So, all right. Well, uh, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Go read some good comics yeah. and good books. And uh, we'll see you all back here next time. Cool. Kick the hell out of me and get your standing ovation. Come on! No, not this time. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want either of us to end up killing the other. But we're running out of alternatives. Perhaps it all hinges on tonight. I don't know what it was that bent your life out of shape. But maybe I've been there too. Maybe we could work together. I could rehabilitate you. You don't need to be alone. We don't have to kill each other. Let me help you. I'm sorry, but no. No. It's far too late for that. You know, it's funny. This reminds me of a joke. See, there were two guys locked in a lunatic asylum. And one night, one night they decided they didn't like that anymore. They decided to escape. So they made it up to the roof, and there, just across this narrow gap, they see rooftops stretching across town, stretching to freedom. Now, the first guy, he jumps right across, no problem. But his friend, oh, no way. He's afraid of falling. So the first guy, he has an idea. He says, hey, I got this flashlight with me. I'll shine it across the gap between the buildings and you can walk across the beam and join me. But the second guy says, what do you think I am, crazy? You just turn it off when I'm halfway across. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse me. Ha 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 